this movie oh i'm so glad i convinced you to watch this movie why because you hate me (laughs) no i wanted to share my excitement about rom-coms with you welcome to bad movie date night (laughs) the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve i am nigel from a journey into film.com and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hello. Why are you giving me the finger right now? Um, that's how I feel about you. Okay. <laughs> this week we are talking about Valentine's Day. The 2010 holiday rom-com from Gary holiday Marshall. Holiday classic. Okay. Uh, about a couple months ago now... This year's going by so fast already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to that one, Valentine's Day came out before it. Same concept. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cram as many celebrities into a movie as we can and loosely put together some stories. And it's about love. Yeah. Both movies were about love. Right. I was trying to describe both of them at the same time to show how similar they were. You did a good job. Yeah. (laughs) Arguably, New Year's Eve, there's like that little bit of like, oh, here's the hope for the new year. But, I mean, nine out of ten stories involve people falling in love. Yeah, which I actually, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say that you like that people broke up in this movie? Uh, no. No. We'll 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 get dive into that. Okay. So, just to name a few people that have been in this. Uh, Julia Roberts, Jamie Foxx, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Eric Dane, Patrick Dempsey, Hector Elizondo, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace. Some kid that I don't know that Ashton Kutcher, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner, George Lopez, Shirley MacLaine, Emma Roberts, Bryce Robinson, Taylor Swift. T-Swizzle. And the other, uh, some other usual cast of characters. And, fun fact, Julia Roberts was paid the most money out of everybody in this movie. She earned $3 million just for being in it, and she received a percentage of the profits which meant then she walked away with roughly $10 million, and she has about 12 lines in the entire movie. She speaks perhaps 25 words max. I... I cannot fathom that. I want to know 
why, like, how did the negotiations go? Were they like, we have to have Julia Roberts? We'll give her any price. And she just named her price? Or, like, how did that go? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because, obviously, the draw of this movie is the number of celebrities that are in it. So I would be really curious to know, like, how did that conversation go? Right. Did they really need Julia Roberts to be in this movie? Was she bigger than half of the other stars that were in this? Because I'm pretty sure Princess Diaries came out before this. Oh, yeah, it had to have. Right. I don't think Anne Hathaway is that hot of a commodity, though. No, but uh, Princess Diaries is a beloved movie. I thought this... Oh, yeah, 2001. Okay. So, obviously, you got her. This is like the height of Jessica Alba, Jessica Biel. I don't know about Bradley Cooper, but, you know, you have Jennifer Garner and Queen Lativa was going through her thing. And Was this before or after 13 going on 30? Let's find out. 13 going on 30 was 2004, so after. Okay. So this movie so was made sh- after a lot of these people yeah. had like so peak movies. So it's like, why did they really need Julia Roberts right. in it? Like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Especially to just put her in arguably the shortest story of the entire movie. Right. Did you also... She wasn't in the first... Like, in New Year's Eve, right? No, they got Sarah Jessica Parker for that one. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand why they need a Julia Roberts. No, but do you like how their uh, plots are... The plots between both movies are virtually identical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the stories are almost the same. They didn't have to really get creative on the writing side to make a lot of money on no. this franchise. Weird thing is, I feel like this movie is more forgettable. Like, I'm going to have a harder time remembering all the stories that they had. But I laughed more during it. Whereas New Year's Eve, I was just ready for it to end the second it started. I personally think Valentine's Day is better than New Year's Eve. I liked more of Valentine's Day than I did New Year's Eve. Right. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying I like it more than... New Year's Eve. Do you think that has to do with the fact that, like, the concept of the movie works better for an actual holiday surrounding love, whereas, like, New Year's Eve is this kind of arbitrary, we should be hopeful, question mark, for the new year, therefore, love? Maybe, but I do think part of the problem, though, for me, is that I already hate New Year's Eve so much. Right. So I I don't want to watch a movie about it. Whereas like I do like I don't care if we celebrate Valentine's Day, but I I like Valentine's Day. I think it's a sweet it's always like one of my favorite things at school. I don't know. Candy and like I wasn't allowed to do Halloween as a kid, so it was really the only holiday where I got to go around and collect candy from people. <laughs> um but I would be curious to see, like, what about a New Year or Christmas Eve or a Christmas, you know, movie like this? It might be good too. Maybe I just really hate New Year's Eve. Isn't isn't definitely maybe or isn't that the Christmas Eve version of this? No. What's that? What is that movie um, called? 
love definitely. Love definitely. Love actually. Love, love actually. actually. Love actually. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Definitely maybe. Yeah, definitely be my maybe. No, that's always oh. be my maybe. <laughs> always be my maybe. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking of something, but I can't put my finger on it. Speaking of people who didn't really need to be in this movie, you know, like Kathy Bates. I feel like, why did you waste such a big name actress on such a small, small role? That could have been played by anyone. Yeah, and she has like second billing in, in the credits, like not just on IMDb. <laughs> I, I really just, I feel like this movie, the goal of this whole filmography was how many celebrities can we possibly fit into a movie? Yeah. That I really think that was their their ultimate goal here. To cram as many celebrities in as possible. Yes. Oh, for sure. That was the appeal of this. But like by doing I guess like the other goal is let's explore love in a creative way with multiple stories rather than just one couple that like will they won't they, but they will because we know how storytelling works. Right. Which I guess in like a weird sort of way was more effective with this than New Year's Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's look at something real quick. This movie has a... Oh, that's fun. 34. What are you looking at? Um, Carter Jenkins. He plays the young teenage boy. I don't remember his name in the movie. Um, he is Emma Roberts' crush in this movie correct and uh, he was also in unfabulous which also stars emma roberts oh yeah yeah so look at fun that fact where do i guess that's where i know him from we begin talking about this movie do you want to tell me what you liked and didn't like or do we want to go through each story individually and talk what we liked and didn't like um I can give you just like an over. Well, so I did want to mention something I would like to pick your brain on. Okay. Pick away. So I'm going to shout out my friend, Sarah. Shout out, Sarah. Thank you for these nails. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was talking to Sarah about this movie and how we were going to do it for our podcast today. And she was saying that I said, I don't like this movie because there's too many stories to follow. It it was too much for me. And she said, well, you just have to pick the characters that you like and care about those stories. I don't want to do that in my movies. I want to enjoy the whole film, not just like pick some people that I want to follow. And I just was curious what you thought the design decision behind having all these celebrities in a film was. Like, do you think that this movie's kind of like its first choose-your-own-adventure game, if that makes sense? I think it would be really interesting to listen to parts of a commentary track for this movie to see if they talk about that at all. Yeah. Because apart from cramming all the celebrities in this, it almost seems like they were just kind of going for the idea of an exploration of 
relationships and love rather than a story, which mm. would have been kind of interesting mm-hmm. if they actually said anything about it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I think you were asking like two different questions. Right. Like, I guess, like, what kind of was their logic? And then do you think they're kind of doing like a choose your own adventure here? No, because having movies with multiple characters and stories that you follow isn't (laughs) new. No, but it's just a lot. (laughs) It's the most. Right. The movie does a really poor job of. Of. One, making you care about all of the characters and two, they really don't all connect in a singular way. Uh Uh-huh. So because they're all part of different stories. Right. It makes it difficult to. To uh, follow all of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. Plus the editing in this is not great because you have one or two stories dominating everything Mm -hmm. and then a couple side stories and the side stories almost get overshadowed by the dominant stories. Right. Like when we were like, Oh, I forgot they were in this movie. Right. Like the older Mm -hmm. couple, like, Oh yeah, I forgot they were in this movie and Hathaway and Topher Grace. I forgot that they were in this movie. Mm -hmm. The, I mostly just forgot about, uh, Taylor Swift and, uh, that's another one. You forget about <laughs> Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. Like, right. there's really no reason for that story to be in this movie. Right. Because they don't connect to any of the other stories in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or any meaningful way, I should say. Right. Does that answer your question about what you were talking about? Like, the choose-your-own-adventure? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people in this movie that I just kind of... I th- I think like why why did you get them for such a little role like George Lopez or Queen Latifah? Yeah, Queen Latifah's was another one that kind of weird and didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, but like I guess like George Lopez makes sense because he was like the best friend. But mm-hmm. obviously, in another movie that focused on Ashton Kutcher's role and. Uh, his whole story with Jennifer Garner and the doctor and uh, the other girl, Jessica Alba, Mm -hmm. like George Lopez would have probably had a bigger role. Right. That would have been, I don't know, fun, better. Right. More more significant for him. Instead, we just have like people on airplanes and high school (laughs) couples with teddy bears and. Oh gosh sex workers oh my oh my here is a question i have for you that i want to ask while i'm thinking about it so i don't forget it do you think that making anne hathaway's character a adult phone entertainer was like the pg version of making her some kind of porn star or something (laughs) They were like, we we want to do a story where it turns out that she's got this like other job that people would look down upon, but we got to keep it PG. Like, they're sex like phone sex worker. phone. Those are still a thing, right? <laughs> Although I will say it, there were several instances where it played out very funny. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I did kind of enjoy it. Yeah. No, I mean, the Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway story is my favorite out of the whole thing. They were my second favorite. Not for any, like, good reason, but they were my favorite. Really liked uh, Edgar and Estelle's story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Theirs was quite short with, like, two beats. Yeah, but that was my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to start with talking about that one? Yeah, let's talk about theirs. I don't... It's going to be difficult, I think, to talk about how everyone is related to each other in this one. That I do think that's something that they tried to do. Well, it's weird to say like they tried to do differently in this versus New Year's Eve. It's something that I think they did better than in New Year's Eve, where people were related in some... Most of them mm-hmm. were interconnected in some way. The problem is their stories were so divergent that it it really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so it, it almost would have been better, I think, or easier to follow had there not been any relationship between them. Right. Like, I definitely thought probably until we got to seeing Jennifer Garner teaching her class Mm -hmm. that she and Ashton Kutcher were siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, yes, that, I mean, that would make sense that, I mean, that's how they acted. And then I was like, Oh wait, they have different names, but I don't remember what his name was versus hers. Cause now I'm realizing that his first name may have been his last name. (laughs) Or um, I thought his, I thought the name that they called him was his last name, but maybe it would be his first name. It is his first name. So I, yeah, Reed. yeah, yeah, Bennett. Oh, Bennett. And she was Fitzpatrick. Right. It's a odd name. All right, tell us about Edgar and Estelle, Caitlin. I really liked their relationship because I so something that I actually liked about this movie is you kind of got to see love through different stages and I thought that was cute like so you get to see the young boy the little grandson in the movie um, Edison you get to see his you know little crush on his teacher and she kind of redirects him to having a crush on a classmate so you kind of and but you already see that they kind of have this friendship with this whole soccer thing and yeah that um, was a weird addition though like a weird curveball that they I, tried to I wish they you. would have just focused on him having a crush on a girl in a school but whatever um but I I like that you kind of get to see love at different stages so you see you know um this young love then you see some teenagers being in love with like Grace and um Felicia and then you see, you know, a newly engaged couple, Reed and and proposing to Morley. Um, and, yeah, kind of like new relationships. And then you kind of have this older couple, H- Edgar and um, Estelle, that kind of have experienced all of these phases of love already. And you see how... I really like one of the lines that Estelle says in the movie where she talks about you don't get to choose what parts of a person that you love. When you choose to love somebody, you love all of them. Right. And I thought that was a very good line. And I think not something that our culture promotes today 
if you don't like one thing about somebody, you should get rid of them. Our, our culture is always about like what's the next best greatest thing and very self-centered. Whereas I felt like this relationship really kind of said, no, if you choose to love somebody, you, lo- you love all of them. Right. The good and the bad. We have this, obs- we have this, I idealized version of love as a concept that we put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. rather than uh, I almost said pedal stool <laughs> you're doing it too much now I'm saying it too much <laughs> too now shout out to the people who get that joke <laughs> uh, we it, we put it's almost like we we hold up love as this like religious concept that this ultimate ideal where we're almost in love with the idea of love more than we are with the people that we're with. Mm -hmm. And so when people disappoint us, we're apt to distance ourselves from them because all of a sudden our perfect idea of love is broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I liked Estelle and Edgar's story and I, I thought that, it was a cute portrayal of of love as you get older and it introduced me to the idea of going to see a movie at a graveyard on Valentine's Day, which like signed me up. That sounds amazing. Uh, so I enjoyed their whole story. I would not have changed anything in it. No, it, I I kind of thought that the conflict in their story where she had an affair sometime in their vague distant yeah, we, past. Yeah, we have no idea. I thought that was kind of arbitrary. Mm-hmm. And, but I guess at that point in your life, that's the kind of argument that would cause you to spend the day apart instead of together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be devastated if I found out years later you had an affair. Right. And I would definitely be too. I guess just within the context of the movie, it was like, here's this old couple telling their grandson about love she says i had an affair he's storms off angry and then the next scene is them like reconciling well yeah it could have had more like depth to it if it didn't have a million characters to deal with in this movie right um yeah i mean i guess at that point you would be more quick to forgive right but at the same time it doesn't make for a good story. <laughs> I still thought theirs was the sweetest. Yeah, definitely. G- theirs felt the most genuine out of all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Because as you move backwards in age, it becomes, I don't know, like the, the foundation that they're all built on is shaky. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what would have been a really good relationship to see in this? Hmm. A newly married couple. Yeah. Old married couple, newly married couple, engaged. Right. Dating mm-hmm. at different ages. Right. Children. And well, and I also think they, they should have done a friendship. Just I think like they smashed the friendship into the relation the Ashton Kutcher story. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I thought they could have done something better with Jessica Beale and her developing a friendship with somebody. Not a guy either. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, Just like yeah, a yeah. female friend. It would have been nice if she was like, oh, you know what? I don't need to be 
angry at Valentine's Day because I got my ladies. Exactly. Yep. And that would have been nice. But it's okay. We have Jamie Foxx to fill the man-shaped hole in her life. I feel like we should start talking about these in uh, how they relate. Not necessarily how they relate, but so we talked about the older couples. And now we need to choose somebody that relates to them to talk about next. So we can either do Edison or Grace. Is Grace Emma Roberts? Yes. Well, let's do Edison because then we can bounce Grace off of him because she's technically his nanny. Right. So Edison is their grandson. Mm -hmm. He goes to the flower shop. Short changes Ashton Kutcher. By the way, the 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 main connecting thread to this movie is Ashton Kutcher and the fact that he owns a flower shop. That's that's pretty much <laughs> the number one connection. This kid gives him fifteen dollars to buy a dozen roses to send to the school, and the rose the flowers are actually fifty five dollars. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, being the nice man that he is. Says, you know what, kid? I will do this for you. And the kid spends all day wondering where these flowers are. He has his interaction with the girl on his soccer team. And when he realizes that the flowers aren't going to get to their intended, he takes off to the flower shop on his bike and gives the guy the business. And at this point in the story, Ashton Kutcher is sad, so he gives him the special box of flowers that we've been that were a thing at the beginning of the movie. And I don't, yeah. I had forgotten about until he gave them to this kid. Right. And the kid goes to this. Uh, he goes to deliver the flowers with Ashton Kutcher because he's a great guy and picks up little boys in his van. <laughs> And, uh, surprise, he has a crush on his teacher, who is Jennifer Garner, Mm -hmm. and not the little girl on his soccer team. But then Jennifer Garner says, hey, you should like the girl on your soccer team, because, by the way, I'm too old for you. (laughs) And that would be weird. And she already likes you, and that's how relationships work. (laughs) Yeah. If somebody already likes you, you're forced by default to like them back. No choice in the matter. Yeah. At least in elementary school. It, this is actually facts. <laughs> elementary school rules of <laughs> romance. Right. You have to like someone if they like you back. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, his story was overall pretty boring. In the whole movie, we, we are under the assumption that he is missing somebody important in his life, his parents. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At the beginning of the movie, he's making Valentine's Day cards for his class by himself and he won't let his grandparents help because his mom does it with him. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where his mom is and it's a big secret. Until? Until the end. I guess he connects with more characters than I thought. He does. He can. So I, th- I think we need to talk about, I have a, I have a game I want to play in my head. I, w- I have a game I want to play in my head. Is this like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I don't, basically I don't want to like take a person, a character, and not be able to relate them back to somebody else. It's a very strategic game we're playing here, okay? So we have to talk about Julia Roberts' character next. Captain, um, Captain Kate Hazelton. I'm going to trust you on this one because that is not who I would go to next. 
but I'm also not thinking that far ahead. Okay. And uh, a little nervous now. We, uh, you know, we're already 30 minutes in on this. There's a lot of stories. Hang, hang with us, guys. Okay. So we'll go, we'll go to Julia Roberts. (laughs) Okay. Just because I feel like we need to rip the the bandaid off of the surprise. Yeah. So she is in the military. She is a captain. Mm-hmm. She is hanging out with B. Cooper, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> By the way, uh, we watched Nightmare Alley this week. So Excellent good. movie. You know what movie we need to watch, too, that um, Sarah was telling me about with him? Licorice Pizza. Yeah, I really want to watch that one. Um, I missed it whenever it came out because that was... It came out in theaters during that time when, like, everything was coming out that we wanted to see. Mm. But we were also busy because of the holidays. All right. That's the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Oh, okay. That everybody on Twitter was mad about. So we got Edgar Wright, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Wes Anderson. Yeah. But at least Wes Anderson we're going to watch in a couple weeks when it's on HBO. Anyways, Nightmare Alley. Excellent movie. Good movie. Probably Guillermo del Toro's best movie since Pan's Labyrinth. Very good. Bradley Holden. Cooper is in it. His name is Holden in this. Yeah. So their whole short story is mm-hmm. they're both flying on planes to see people. He is flying to see. Well, he never really talks about who he's going to see, does he? No. He's just like, oh, yeah, I got somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going home to see someone very important. And the whole time you think, oh, she's going to see her boyfriend. Mm hmm. Plot twist, it's her son, Edison. He is her Valentine. Right. And you, but you kind of also feel like uh, Captain Hazleton and Holden have this like flirty thing going on. At least I kind of assume that. I got that at first, but then she was trying to hook him up with the flight attendant. Right. And that, then I was like, well, I don't know where this is going at all. Mm hmm. Like, and then when he landed at the airport, I thought he was going to do like, what's his face in New Year's Eve and be like, well, now I need to go see the my dream girl from a mysterious date a year ago. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I didn't really pay yeah. attention to like what he was doing because I'll be honest, anytime their story came up, I was like, oh, I can like, you know, not pay attention <laughs> for a couple minutes. Because I just assumed the whole movie they was going to be them talking on the airplane. Yeah, it pretty much was. And it pretty much was. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything that you want to add about that one? Because I feel like we have to go to the football player next. Um, right, we have to go to Holden and uh, Scene Jackson. Sean Jackson? Sean Jackson. You nailed that. Sean Jackson. Uh, Scene's yeah. not a name. Uh, so plot the plot twist that we're revealing before we tell you why it's a plot twist is that bradley cooper is gay with sean jackson the football player Mm -hmm. and that is who bradley cooper is going to see now the whole movie sean jackson he is i guess old for I, a football player? I have no idea. I didn't know I'll what be they honest, were telling me. The, I don't understand sports at <laughs> all. But from my understanding, he was 30-something. And in football years, that's too old to play football. 
and he was looking for a new team to play for. But nobody wanted him. But nobody wanted him. And so he decided to take the opportunity to tell the world he was gay. Right. End of story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess his boyfriend was happy that he told everyone. I think that's why he went back to him. That was the implication I got. But then why was he on the plane, though? That was what I was confused about. Right. Like, did he... Because time doesn't make sense in this movie. And I think at one point, Bradley Cooper said that the plane ride was like 14 hours. Right. So clearly he had to be in the plane before Sean Jackson announced to everyone that he was gay. Right. So... Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So, oh, but Sean Jackson was inspired because he rear-ended George Lopez while he was delivering flowers. And George Lopez had some kind of wisdom thing about flowers and love on Valentine's Day. And that's what influenced Sean Jackson to come out. But I'll be honest, from that conversation, it kind (laughs) of sounded like he thought, I'm going to go open a flower shop. I know. I know. That was my takeaway. And then he's at his meeting and he's like, I'm gay. And everybody is asking him questions. Right. And that's where that goes. Right. So. All right. You get to pick the next story. Okay. Um. So from here, we have to go to Jessica Biel. That's what I was thinking. Um, so Jessica Biel, she is a PR for Sean Jackson. Right. And um, she is lonely on Valentine's Day. Strikes me as a workaholic. Workaholic. With um, some eating problems. I didn't I didn't understand what they were trying to do there. She loves candy but wants to be skinny. I don't I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know she was just also eating candy because she was sad, but she's like because she's a PR for sports, she also loves sports and being fit. I had no idea what they were trying to I do. I kind there. of assumed it she had like an abusive relationship with candy where she loved candy and would gorge herself on it, but only but it was like acutely aware that she needed to always be exercising. I mean, same, same. I understand that relationship, but <laughs> okay. So she hates Valentine's day. Has a also poop- very bad at her job. Right. I, her whole, st- yeah, but she was obsessed with this anti Valentine's day party. She would have every year at this Indian restaurant, um, where, everyone would come and hate on Valentine's Day. And so she was obsessed with her guest list and having people arrive. And she meets Jamie Foxx or Kevin Kelvin Moore while he is doing uh, the press. He he comes to her office to try to get inside information on Sean Jackson because he wants a, to get ahead in the world. Well, because he's a he wants to Is be a, a sports reporter, journalist, right. but they had him doing fluff pieces for Valentine's Day because it was a slow sports news day. I don't know what that means, but yeah. So he runs into uh, Kara Mahana um, and they kind of build this little relationship together because they hate Valentine's Day. I think it's Monahan. Monahan. 
<laughs> and because uh, they, they hate Valentine's Day. And he shows up at her anti-Valentine's Day party. And she comes to see him at work. And wouldn't you know it? They fall in love. Over their hatred of Valentine's Day. Right. Which is arguably the s- most of solid foundations for a romance. Right. <laughs> oh, you hate that too? But honestly, that's <laughs> how all of my friendships start, so... <laughs> oh, you, you hate this thing? Yeah, I guess we're friends. Uh, that's concerning, but that's how my friendships go. <laughs> you and your non-conformist <laughs> weirdo friends. <laughs> Um, so that's really all that happens with them. Right. I I keep thinking that if we talk about the stories one by one, like we'll think of new, interesting things to say about them. But the stories themselves are so boring. Very boring. That I, uh, just, you know, they just, they don't work. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I'm going to take this in a weird direction. <laughs> Uh, because I don't know how else we're going to get her involved, but Uh-oh. we got to talk about Queen Latifah's. No. Nope. Why? Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner's next. Are you sure? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you, it's a weird game I'm playing, but it's going to work out. Okay. Because at this point, I don't see how we're going to bounce back to Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway. It's okay. It's okay. Which would lead us to This is Queen my anxiety, Latifa. but I got it. I got it. It's I'm under control. So I we need to talk this. about Jennifer Garner? Jennifer Garner. So Jennifer Garner has probably the second main story in the movie. The B plot, if you will, to everybody else. Well, Ashton Kutcher is the A plot. She's the B plot. And the everybody else is like the rest of the alphabet plots. <laughs> she is seeing a rich, handsome doctor who insultingly okay, he's a heart doctor, which is like come on, like <laughs> really that, that's a little on the nose. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're gonna go for it, like go for it, but I just as soon as he said he was a heart doctor. Oh, and then when he gave her that little plastic walking wind right. up heart, mm-hmm. rolled my eyes at that. <laughs> but he's like, oh, I got to go to San Francisco. And she's like, okay, well, let's, I'm sad we can't spend t- the day together. But uh, should I talk about his him as part of her story? Because he's not really, yeah, he doesn't like really have like an arc on his own. The doctor. Um, right, yeah. So I would just, yeah. Okay, so long story short, the doctor has a wife. They're married. He had told her they were not married. Mm. He goes to Ashton Kutcher mm-hmm. and is says, hey, I want you to send flowers to my wife, and I want you to send flowers to my side piece. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, you got to keep the secret. And Ashton Kutcher's like, yeah, I, I know the secret code. Then he realizes that uh, the side piece is his best friend, Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he at. But prior to this knowledge. Ashton Kutcher says, hey, you should go surprise him in San Francisco. It's a short plane ride. You can surprise him and you can be together and in love. And so she says, I'm going to do that. 
She gets to San Francisco after Ashton Kutcher tries to stop her. And she realizes that he's not there. So then I can see you trying to plot out the rest of this <laughs> in your head. And you just look so stressed right now. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I got it. I figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> I think. So she, uh, she surprises him at his, uh, his Valentine's dinner with his wife and basically says, hey, uh, he's been seeing me. And then she goes off and falls in love with Ashton Kutcher. I loved. Okay, first of all, you skipped a huge, one of my favorite plot points of this movie. That she went to the party? No, when the nurse, she goes, she flies to San Francisco, uh, asks if the doctor, her boyfriend is there, and they say no. And <laughs> this nurse walks up to her and uh, and tells her where he is. And she shows up at that restaurant and very slyly, I think, basically without saying it, tells his wife that he's been cheating on her. And I'm like, you freaking go, girl. And I then at the end of her, her spiel, as if like she didn't, the wife hadn't picked it up yet. Then she slaps the plastic card on the table. Yeah. And charges and like puts food on his tab. I would too. I really, I liked that. I loved it. But then I thought it was weird that she took the food that she had gotten giving the doctor the business. I know, to the Indian restaurant. To the Indian restaurant where they ate food and had wine. Right, right. That food's not going to keep. No, no. No, no, no. And uh, she feels happily in love now. She is happily in love with her best friend. And they acknowledge that it's weird for them to kiss, which I thought was a nice little flourish on their story. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool that he takes all the unused flowers and throws them down a creek thing, a river thing that runs through his house yeah that'd be that that was cute he lived in like what seemed like a florida retirement home i was very confused where this movie took place based on that establishing that even though the movie told us that it was los angeles at the beginning i know because it seemed like a florida retirement community it it really did (laughs) it looked like it was an entirely different area of the world but i'm also slowly learning that i don't really understand what places look like that much (laughs) (laughs) all right we got to pick this up all right what are we going next we have to go to emma roberts character grace next but how does she connect to jennifer garner because she goes to the same school that jennifer garner teaches at and babies nannies for the boy that's in jennifer garner's class it's a loose connection i don't think she does go to the same school because she, she picks oh, up... Oh, she probably goes to the high school. Okay, but right. she nannies for the boy that is in Jennifer Garner's class. I'll give it to you, but I'm not... Uh, what? <laughs> That's a already, fine connection. Yeah, but like the little boy wasn't like a huge part of... of. Well, I guess he was part... Uh, anyways. He was part. 
I'm looking for more like one to one connections no. between people, no. not they're connected because of another character. That's how I'm playing this game. You're changing the rules up on I'm me. Halfway through. Oh, now you're stressing me out. <laughs> Redo the whole podcast. Let's start over. I feel like we do need to start oh, over. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because we oh, we should be going to, to a character <laughs> that Jennifer Garner connects okay, to. Fine. Fine. You want to you wanna play that game? Then Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Ashton Kutcher. Yes. Proposes to his like longtime girlfriend. I thought his proposal attempt was quite cute. He was trying to slide the ring on her finger while she was still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, 10 out of 10. Good try. I've never seen anyone try that before. So that was new and original. And everyone's surprised that she said yes. And come to find out, they all thought that they were terrible together. Yeah. And no she told them the truth. ended up deciding she didn't want to marry him. Mm-hmm. And Ashton Kutcher spends his days, his day. Well, at first he's really happy, and then he's mopey, and then he's trying to save his best friend Jennifer Garner from having her heart broken. And he spends his day like delivering flowers to people, and in the process learns that he loves Jennifer Garner, and that perhaps the best person to be in a relationship with is your best friend. Mm. Because they would, they would hang out. She was like his... This is a little shady, in my opinion. She was basically his like backup buddy oh, when yeah, his no. fiancé or girlfriend didn't want to do things with him. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. You don't do that. Like, we're basically experiencing that in Friends right now with, right, with Ross and Rachel and Emily. Right. And, uh, yeah, huge red flag. Should have acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really know where to go from there. George Lopez. What What's his story? He, I feel bad because he like really doesn't get like a story, but you do see like glimpses of his life. Like he's helping with the flower shop and then, you know, towards the end you get to see that he has a wife and kids and. He does say that his wife is his best friend. Yeah. Kind of giving kinda Ashton Kutcher some of that extra knowledge there, you know? Yeah. And um, so from there, we need to talk about. End of the line. No, Nigel. No. If you would have just let me do it the other way, I had a game plan. Yeah, okay. But it doesn't work that way. It's got to be a one to one connection, Caitlin. So then he runs into, he forgets to deliver Edison's flowers because he gets hit. By Sean Jackson. George Lopez gets hit by right. Sean Jackson. So he doesn't deliver Edison's flowers. Right. So then we'll just have to talk about Grace. I had it worked, but you won't go that way. So it's fine. No. Um. So we talked about um, Ashton Kutcher. So I think we should talk about Jessica Alba and how she was uh, morally and she obviously ended the engagement because she wasn't excited when he proposed. She said the first call she made was to work to see if her 10 o'clock meeting was still on. And she said that's probably a sign that, you know, shouldn't get married. But yeah. they had the cutest dog in this movie. Yeah, that dog, well, both dogs in the movie were pretty cute. Mm-hmm. 
But she, uh, her story was actually kind of sad because in the end she's all alone and she tries to call him because she's lonely and he's like, I'm out on a date. Yeah. Like, the yeah, same day that, that my movie was very sad. Yeah. I, I didn't feel sad for the doctor when he was no. like eating pizza by himself. No, nobody cares about that. Um, but she's staying at the same hotel and walks past um, Jason Topher, Topher Grace. Grace. All right. I'll give that one to you. Thank you. Topher Grace. He works in the mailroom of a big building. Mm-hmm. Forgets that it's Valentine's Day. Spent the most magical night with a girl in the entire world who abruptly left the mor- next morning. Uh, I made a comment to you about how I think it's really funny that uh, Topher Grace was trying to play like the tough guy jerk roles like at this point in his career because this was uh, only a couple years after Spider-Man 2 came out. <laughs> so it was like, you know, right around the same time. Yep. Trying really hard to shed that 70s show image, mm-hmm. which was hilarious. Like he was even kind of tan in this movie, yeah. which is very off-putting. Mm-hmm. But the whole movie, he's like, oh, I got to, you know, make it up to this girl for its Valentine's Day. That's probably why she left in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. She is a phone, adult phone entertainer where she basically answers the phone in different accents and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, pretends to be like dominatrixes or Southern Bells or Russians. That was a <laughs> weird one. And uh, apparently she makes $40 an hour doing that. So definitely has me reconsidering my career options. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He finds out about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not the end of their story. Right. Uh, he finds out about it and he's kind of upset that she didn't tell him. He's not really upset about the work that she does. And. Well, the other thing is he takes her out to dinner Mm -hmm. and I'm about to transition, best transition in this podcast ever, Uh, but I'll finish up the story first. Uh, She spends the whole dinner on the phone with one of her clients and he's upset about it Mm -hmm. and he, they kind of get into a fight and he goes off to finish their date on his own and he goes to the Hollywood Cemetery to see the movie without her. And uh, he runs into Edgar, Mm -hmm. who gives him a new perspective on love, about loving all parts of people. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to uh, apologize to her, Mm -hmm. and they make up and have sex. Mm -hmm. And, all right, transition to another story. In the scene with Topher Grace is someone that we've talked about on the podcast before. (laughs) Alec Nemser, he plays Charlie. Mm -hmm. And he also played the little boy in the beginning of Spookies. Yeah. So now we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about Spookies. (laughs) So Spookies is the story of... I was going to say, are you for real right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're going to talk about Spookies the rest of the time because there's no better movie than Spookies. This is true. Spookies is great. It, there's a girl trapped in a coffin by a mm-hmm. warlock, question mark. <laughs> right. While there's some kids who are breaking into their mansion, question mark. 
and some it's kids and an old guy. Yeah, some kids and their dad, who's <laughs> also their best friend, and uh, they find a Ouija board and they say, "Yeah, we should use this," and they become possessed, and uh, all hell breaks loose. So, uh, good luck connecting back to wall. <laughs> um, he is in the movie theater drive-in at the spook town graveyard the hollywood cemetery drive-in edgar you know he runs into edgar who is being called by grace as she's trying to find edison i'll take it because i feel like i just have to give you the satisfaction at this point no that's a good that's a good she is literally calling him connected Right, but, okay, similar to when you wanted to jump from Jennifer Garner to Grace, you were trying to use Edison as the jumping-off point. There's no immediate connection between Topher Grace and Emma Roberts. I'm just relating back to to Edgar. I'm talking about Edgar. Yeah, but we already talked about their story. You're going to make me cry, and now I'm upset because all night my OCD is going to be going insane. I because I cannot can't finish this podcast. <laughs> I can. You just wouldn't let me do it. Oh my gosh, I can't finish this podcast. We should have established the rules well before we started. All right, uh, Grace wants to have sex with her boyfriend for the first time, and they try to, and he goes to her house to get everything set up, and it doesn't work because his mom, her mom comes home and catches him naked playing guitar in her room, and the night is ruined, and they go back to... Their lunch break is ruined. Oh, my gosh. I just realized how I could have connected it to Jennifer Garner. How? Which is what I was meant I meant to do in the beginning. Jennifer Garner is at the Indian party or party at the Indian restaurant where Grace's boyfriend is the delivery boy slash waiter slash bus boy at the restaurant. And that's where him and Emma Emma Roberts meet. That's a, you have to admit that's connected. There at the sh- there's there's a lot. I'm not denying the connections that you're making. I just thought that we were gonna try to bounce characters that actually interact no, with each other for like, connections no, and not I'm just not like about, overlapping characters from overla- stories. <sighs> I was talking about overlapping. I feel like I have to give it to you now because I feel like you're genuinely upset with me. I I just you just don't understand. You don't understand my OCD. Also, like, you can't then Tover Grace and and um, Anne Hathaway. That's why I wanted to go from from Jessica Biel to Queen Latifah. No, because, because they Queen didn't Latifah, relate. Yeah, because they work for the same company. Oh, my God, they did. They talk to each oh other on God. the phone. And then Queen Latifah... Interacts with Anne Hathaway and Topher Grace. 
And that was as far as I had made it at that point. Well, yeah, because you can't go anywhere from there. Right. So because I made it further than you. Yeah, based on like bouncing on. You know what? People listening Let's to this. Let's jump to my dating corner <laughs> before I have an anxiety attack. You don't want to finish all the stories? That is all the stories. We didn't talk about Queen Latifah's story. I thought you were doing We that. didn't talk about Taylor Lautner. Who cares about that? I thought you were talking about <laughs> Queen Latifah's when you were talking about Anne Hathaway's. Oh, I no, I didn't get there. Because they're I was related. About, right. So Anne Hathaway is Queen Latifah's secretary, which it kind of sounded like she was a temp. Yeah, like someone called off or something. But I wasn't, I guess someone was on vacation or something. And so while Anne Hathaway's working, she's trying to answer calls from her sex line and Queen Lativa knows what's up and her story literally is like you shouldn't be doing that and then the last thing we see with her is she's working late and uh, one of the guys from Anne Hathaway's sex line calls in and Queen Lativa is like you ain't had anybody like me <laughs> and whoosh <laughs> whoop <Whoop-a-pa. laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we had that same thought. Same <laughs> and Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift are a young couple in love. Yeah. Also could have related her to Jennifer Garner. We no, we could have gone from Jamie Foxx to Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner to Emma Roberts. And then Emma Roberts could have connected to the Indian restaurant. To Jennifer Garner. How? The same way I wanted to connect her to the end. Yeah, I mean, we we're gonna have oh, to okay. take some liberties at some point. <sighs> Time for my dating corner. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Caitlin's dating corner and wrap this up. Um, I can't think of any better love advice than what Edgar shares with us. Edgar and Edith. Nope, that's not her name. Estelle. Edgar and Estelle share with us. When you love somebody, you love all of them. And I think, like I said, that's something that we don't do today. And we should. If you're choosing to be in a relationship with someone, you don't get to pick all the good parts. You choose all of them. And you love them for who they are, including their faults. Correct. So that's my dating advice for everyone. It's good advice because this episode is coming out on Valentine's Day. And, you know, I think sometimes we have too high expectations for what Valentine's Day is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And then we end up getting mad or disappointed and all these negative feelings. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to go to White Castle and... uh, uh, take advantage of their Valentine's Day services. Yeah. My fun dating question, and you can answer this if you like, Does I want to know everyone's, like, maybe their funniest or, like, worst, but now it's funny to look back on Valentine's Day memories. I don't like <laughs> where this is going. I'm not going to share mine. That's why I said you can you can answer it if you, if you'd like. Yeah, I can't say that I have any. I am going to share one. 
But it's not the one you're thinking of. Oh, okay. You want me I'm to go first? I'm pretty sure you've shared that story on here before. Really? Yeah. The I TARDIS just... one? Oh, no, 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 no. The, oh, the flowers share one. The, t- the TARDIS one. Yeah, you share the TARDIS one. Uh, so Valentine's Day, Nigel gets me this amazing coffee mug that has a TARDIS on it. And from Doctor Who. From Doctor Who. And you, when you fill it up with hot liquids, the TARDIS appears. And uh, I think that's, it, was, it was a really cool mug. And uh, I was all excited. Get out of the car. It's icy. You know, it's February. Dropping her off at her dorm. Dropping me off at my dorm after a nice dinner and Valentine's Day exchange. We went to go see the Lego movie. Yeah, it was a wonderful date. And uh, I dropped my coffee mug and it broke. It shattered. It shattered. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a very sad Valentine's Day for me. Uh, but, you know, now it's a good story, so I can laugh at it. So I want to hear everyone else's. What's your funniest or, you know, now, maybe it was hard then, funniest Valentine's Day memory? Uh, you know what? That's a great question. I thought that the dating advice was good. Maybe I'll have to post two to two on uh, this episode. Yeah, I'm on my game this week. Uh, But I just had a really funny thought. What? So Bailey's been doing a really good job of responding to my questions yeah my sister and i can just imagine her responding to this saying me not having a date ever (laughs) (laughs) or covid or something stupid but that's funny it it is but it's like not (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyways all right, I want to hear Bailey, it. if you're listening to this, shout out and thank you for answering questions when no one else will. Bailey, you can be in my Valentine's date. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. As always, we encourage our audience to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never have to miss an episode. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links are available in the show notes. Hey, and before I forget, do you recommend this movie to people? Does it get more credit? Does it deserve more credit than it gets? Um I don't think it's a it's unenjoyable. I would say this wouldn't be my first pick for a Valentine's Day movie. I would have to say my first pick would be uh, Valentine. Yeah, which we've talked about on this podcast. Great right. movie. A great movie. Um, but I do think I would I would rewatch this movie. It's, At some point. It's better than a lot of rom-coms out there. Personally, I think. Like, would you rather watch this movie or The Notebook? See, the nice thing about this one is that there's so many different stories going on that you can be invested in one over another. Whereas like another rom-com, you're like, oh. This is what I have. This is what I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. A guy stealing a girl from a burnt-up military guy. Okay. Right. And Alzheimer's. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. I think I would recommend this movie. And I do think it should get more credit than it deserves. I think it's not one of the worst Valentine's Day movies out there. Well, you heard it here, folks. Caitlin <laughs> recommends this movie more than others, but not as much as some. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. And as always, 
Never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Happy Valentine's Day. 